Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. Money and power doesn't always mean you're immune to the law. Or at least it shouldn't. On December 19th, 1963, a man was born who would grow up to become a successful businessman in the tech world. A man whose wife would go missing and who thought his stature and finances would keep him from being a suspect. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Hans Thomas Reeser was born on December 19, 1963 and grew up in Oakland, California. Hans was a bright boy, but his issue with authority and the constant bullying he experienced caused him to drop out of school at just 13 years old. Despite this, he was accepted into the University of California, Berkeley at 15 and attended on and off throughout the years before earning a BS in computer science at the age of 28. He considered extending his education and pursuing a PhD, but ultimately decided against it for the same disdain for authority and rigid learning structure that he felt in junior high. Instead, he worked in the computer field while working to create the California-based software company, Namesies Inc. The company went on to create the ResearFS computer file system, which led to the Linux kernel. Basically, in the tech world, he and his company were considered a major success. And in 1998, he was about to work to make his personal life just as successful. While working in St. Petersburg, Hans looked through a catalog and selected himself a mail-order bride. While on a date, the woman he selected was accompanied by an English translator to aid with her communication. This woman was named Nina Sharanova. Nina was a trained obstetrician who was working on getting her license to practice in the United States. Hans fell in love and the two married, had two children, and Nina was named the CFO of Namesies. So things seemed to be going well for Hans, both in life and in business. But when Namesies' reserves started to shrink rapidly, Nina was questioned by Hans's suspicious father. Ramon Reeser was trained in military interviewing techniques and claimed that when he confronted his daughter-in-law about the money, she had lied. Hans and Nina separated in May of 2004, and three months later, Nina had officially filed for divorce, citing irreconcilable differences. According to her side of the story, Hans was a cold man who was never around. 
Because of this, Nina received sole custody of the children. The divorce was tumultuous, and Nina had to obtain a temporary restraining order that December when Hans decided to push her during the divorce proceedings. She dropped it in late 2005 after things had calmed down, but the anger between the two was ever-present, and Hans agreed to a one-year civil restraining order that prevented him from getting within 100 feet of her. That messy divorce continued until September 5, 2006, when it abruptly stopped. But not because the couple suddenly reached an agreement. No, it's because September 5, 2006 was the day that Nina Reeser was reported missing after she failed to pick her children up. Nina was last seen a few days earlier when she dropped off the couple's two children at her mother-in-law's house and failed to meet with her friends later that evening. Four days later, her minivan was found abandoned near freeway with groceries still inside. According to neighbors in the area, the van had been sitting there since September 5th. Some more witnesses came forward after Nina was reported missing, like the neighbors who said they saw Hans hosing something off of his driveway shortly after she went missing and that his car, a 1988 Honda hatchback, seemed to disappear, leaving him driving his mother's car and her renting a vehicle. If friends and family thought she had simply run away, these discoveries ended that suspicion. Cadaver dogs descended on the Riser property, but they came up empty. While police searched for his missing wife, or her body, Hans began the battle to obtain custody of his children. When his custody hearing began, Oakland police testified against Hans, saying they had evidence that he was responsible for his wife's disappearance, though they were not ready to release that information. The court ruled against Hans. Later that same month, police detained the grieving husband and served him with a warrant to obtain his DNA. On October 10, 2006, they searched the Riser home yet again and left with a number of items. But this time when his home was searched, it wasn't just by the Oakland police. This time, Homeland Security investigations joined in to investigate suspicions that Hans Riser was involved in money laundering. After the search, Nina's disappearance case became a homicide, and Hans was arrested for the murder of his wife. Shortly after his 2006 arrest, employees of Namesys said they would continue to work on the new software the company was developing, and that if the case continued and his guilt was proven, they would seek solutions to continue the company in his absence. The tech world watched on as evidence mounted against one of their own. According to law enforcement, blood splatter was found in Hans's home and his located car, though forensics could not confirm nor rule out the possibility that it belonged to Nina Reeser. Inside were two books on homicide and murder, both purchased five days after Nina disappeared, and missing from the car was its passenger seat. Things weren't looking good for Hans. He was arraigned on October 12th, was held without bail, and on November 28th, entered a plea of not guilty as well as invoking his right to a speedy trial. At the preliminary hearing that started on December 11, 2006, a forensic technician testified that the blood found on a bag in Hans Reiser's car and on the pillar of his mother's home matched that of Nina Reiser. It later emerged that mistakes were made when analyzing the blood on the pillar and the evidence was labeled as inconclusive. Because Nina's body remained missing, investigators and lawyers had to work with every last piece of evidence they had to prove his guilt. Police testified that they found a socket set that removed the passenger seat from his vehicle, as well as a receipt that he purchased the set near the time of her disappearance. 
and that his own mother commented on how odd it was that, when she got back from her trip out of town, her son was driving her car instead of his own. An officer went on to tell courts how Hans and a friend played a game of cat and mouse with their surveillance team, even conducting what he thought was counter-surveillance to try and avoid the officers. Basically, they were establishing him as a guilty man who murdered his wife and disposed of her in his car. The defense, however, had a very different theory. They told the court that Nina Reiser had obtained Russian citizenship for her daughter and son in 2005 and 2006. So he said that Nina had simply run off and was alive and well in Russia. As the court proceedings continued, Hans was forced to sell his company in order to pay his increasing legal fees. By March 9th of 2007, the preliminary hearing was over and the judge ruled that Hans would stand trial for his wife's murder. Then came the bomb that threw the case all out of sorts. A former friend of Hans Reiser's named Sean Sturgeon came forward claiming that he was responsible for the deaths of eight to nine innocent people. Sean and Nina had dated in the past, and though he adamantly denied being responsible for her death, his confession caused the obvious complications. Once he was ruled out as a suspect, which further delayed an already delayed trial process, Hans's trial finally began on November 6, 2007. On the stand, Hans made bold claims while trying to prove his innocence, and his erratic behavior led to a psychiatrist testifying that he was possibly exhibiting the symptoms of Asperger's syndrome, a defense referred to as the geek defense. You see, they were trying to prove that a man of such intelligence, social dysfunction, and antisocial behavior couldn't possibly be held responsible for his actions in the aftermath of Nina's disappearance, that his actions were not that of guilt, but of behavior that he could not control. On November 13th, Hans's eight-year-old son made his first of two planned appearances and traveled from Russia to testify for the prosecution. The defense argued that any and all statements made by the young boy were inconsistent and coached by his grandparents. Finally, after three days of trial, the lawyers made their final arguments and the jury left for deliberation. If they agreed with the prosecution, Hans was a cold-hearted killer who murdered his wife in the midst of a messy divorce and financial issues. If they believed the defense, he was guilty of the lesser crime of manslaughter and had accidentally killed Nina in the moment of passion. On Monday, April 28, 2008, Hans Reiser was found guilty of first-degree murder. This decision was followed by a plea agreement where Hans would lead investigators to Nina's body in exchange for pleading guilty to second-degree murder. Investigators were led to a shallow grave in Oakland Hills on July 7, 2008, where they found Nina Reiser's decomposing body. He then confessed that on September 3, 2006, after dropping off the children at his mother's home, Nina made a comment about how she intended to keep taking the children to their doctor's appointments because she had full legal custody, and something inside of Hans snapped. He punched her in the mouth and then choked her using a skill he honed throughout his years of practicing judo. He then stuffed her in a duffel bag, stashed it in his mother's car for a few days, and then buried her in a grave near Redwood Regional Park. As part of his deal, Hans was sentenced to 15 years to life in prison. He will be eligible for parole in 2023. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on December 20th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon. 
or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.